Hello, welcome to this episode of the Six Figure Tradesman Podcast. Today, I'm going to go over 10 simple yet extremely effective tips that can help you ensure that every bid you submit requires less anxiety and has virtually no mistakes. How many of us have submitted a bid in the past only to realize there's a mistake on the proposal after you've sent it in? I know in the early years, I sure did this. And when I was managing a national mechanical outsourced firm, I was tasked with developing systems and procedures to eliminate this issue for a team of more than 30 estimators. Sometimes they would forget to include or exclude items, or maybe they would forget a quoted item because they hadn't received a price from the suppliers yet. Or maybe in the worst case scenario, you might have noticed that you've had a typo in your bid proposal after you've submitted it to the GCs. So regardless of what mistakes you may have made in the past, I can give you some sound advice on how to prevent it from happening again in the future. As I always say, it's about developing a system that you can integrate into your estimating department so that you can operate efficiently and virtually mistake-proof. The final two hours before the bid deadline is always and absolutely the most stressful time for any project estimator. So, if you develop systems and you implement these systems on every single bid, no matter how small or how large, this will reduce the stress levels for you tremendously. So, without further ado, let's jump right into this 10 steps so you can begin implementing these today. First of all, I want to talk about the last-minute check for addendums. So you probably check for addendums regularly during the entire bid process. If you've started the project two weeks or a week before the bid deadline, there's a good chance you may have all the addendums already. But if you started it just a couple of days before the bid was due, you may or may not have re, you know gotten all the addendums. So, or you know maybe you started the bid a little bit late. Maybe you started like two days before the bid was due, which I never encourage that. You should always try to find these projects before then. But sometimes it's a last minute thing. You didn't know it was out there and you've only got a couple of days to put it together. And maybe you haven't had time to hunt down all the addendums. So this is a good time to make sure you've got them all. And even if you've already gotten several addendums and you've downloaded those and you reviewed them, it doesn't matter. On bid day, the morning of, make sure you check to make sure nothing else has been released. I can't tell you how many times in the past I thought I was good to go. I'd done five, six, seven addendums, gone through them all, you know, three or four hours before the bid is due they release another one. There's even been times where they release an addendum at the very end that'll actually push the bid dead or the bid due date. And the last thing you want to do is wrap up your bid, send it into the GCs only to find out the bid has been extended because now they have your number early and you really don't want them to have that early. I never suggest submitting your bid any sooner than two hours before the bid deadline. Sometimes GCs say, I got to have it the day before. And it's not that they have to have it the day before. What they really want the day before the bid is due is your scope. And if you don't know this, a scope is your bid proposal without a price. There's no difference. I've had a lot of contractors ask me, what is a scope? What's What, what do they want when they say they want a scope? What they want is your bid proposal. But if you give them your bid proposal with all of the things you're going to include and exclude without the price, that is a scope. So you can always send that the day before. And I always suggest you send it 24 hours before the bid is due. Um, the reason why you send that scope the day before, if you forgot something or they want clarity on something, there's more time for them to contact you and for you to respond to their questions. So that's something that's really off topic, but I just wanted to cover that. Make sure you do that the day before. But the day of, make sure you look for last minute addendums because they do come out and they will affect your bid. The second thing is make sure you get the final prices from all of your suppliers. If you're doing things properly, in your Excel spreadsheet for your bid totals, you have got a section for quoted items. And hopefully, where your quoted items are going to go, you've already listed out every single supplier you're expecting to get a price from. 
The reason why you should do that in advance is because on bid day, things are hectic and you might think you already have prices for all of your, all your, let's say your plumbing fixtures, if you're a plumbing contractor or all of your HVAC equipment, if you're HVAC, maybe you think you've got your prices, but maybe you did get one price from one supplier. Let's say train sent you a quote and you plug that number in. If you only have one light item for your HVAC equipment on your spreadsheet, then you're not going to really know whose quotes you have because you're getting busy. You're in a hurry. You've got 30 minutes before the deadline and you're still getting quotes from suppliers. Happens all the time, every time. If you list out who you're expecting, if you're expecting a quote from Daikin and one from Train and one from Carrier and you list all three of them on the bid proposal, there's two reasons you want to do that. One, on bid day, it's really easy to see at a glance whose quotes you have and whose quotes you don't have. That way you can, you know, maybe get on the phone and ask them to send it over to you. The second reason, post-bid, if this job two or three or four weeks down the road, you get called to the table for negotiations on the project because you're one of the top three or four low numbers, they might ask you to make adjustments to your final bid. Maybe there's something you can do to get a little bit lower price to beat out somebody else. If you list all of these subcontractors and all these quoted items, like your HVAC equipment and plumbing fixtures, if you list them all separately in your bid proposal, the chances are you've already given them the cheapest price that you've got. But in the last final minutes of bid preparation, you may not have been able to go through any final adjustments suppliers might have made to your bid total. So it'll give you a chance to back up and compare train and carrier. And then you can read through their scopes that they've sent you for that proposal. And you're going to be able to see if they're apples to apples and maybe you can contact them and see if they can negotiate a better price. But if you don't do that, then you got to go back and you got to dig out one. You got to find the email where they sent the quote to you. If they faxed it, you got to find the paperwork, which is almost impossible to find. And it's just about building good quality policies and procedures that you never veer from. Do the same thing every time, because every time you get up in the morning, you do the same thing, right? You get up, you brush your teeth, you put on your clothes, you wash your face, you have your breakfast, you probably make some coffee. Then you jump in the car and you're off to work. You've done this so many times that after the alarm goes off, you are halfway through doing these things because it's routine for you. All right. So don't make this any different. Make this a routine. And then that way you don't have to think about it. You can just flow through the process. So make sure you list out all of these suppliers and all these subcontractors on your spreadsheet. That way, you know, if you've got everybody or not. So the third thing is to be sure that the scope letter says proposal on bid day. Remember I said a scope is a proposal without the price. When you submit that the day before, to general contractors, make sure at the top it says scope, not proposal, because it's not a proposal until it has a price. I, I get scopes all the time from contractors, or not from contractors, but from subcontractors. And even sometimes national suppliers will send me two or three days before they'll send me one that says proposal. When it's really the scope, there's no price. If it has a price, it's a proposal. If it has no price, guys, it's only a scope. It's not a proposal. Because you can't propose to do that for a certain price until the price is included. So open up that Word document. Make sure you change the word from scope to proposal. That way, when you submit it with a price, they don't read at the top that it says scope and not even scroll down to look for a number. They're just going to call you and say, hey, I don't have your proposal. So avoid that confusion and make sure it says proposal. Also, the fourth thing you want to do is you want to make a final check of all of your includes and excludes as they're written on the proposal. So I always do my includes and excludes on my scope as I read through the spec book. Years ago, I used to have Excel spreadsheets. And as I read through the, the, the spec book, I would go to my spreadsheets and I would make notes and check mark things that need to be relevant. 
Um, I don't do that anymore. Now I read the specifications and I write those specs directly into my proposal or my scope. Those things can change. So if I've started two weeks before the bid is due and in my original draft of scope of my includes and excludes, I might have things that during the process of the bid, there have been addendums released that change my scope. And if it changes my scope, I have to make sure I reflect that on my scope sheet. But the trouble is, if an addendum comes out and says it's up to the, the mechanical contractor to include that in their price, and you don't, now, first of all, the GC is not going to be happy because he sees your base price, your base bid, but he can't compare apples to apples to everybody else if they, according to addendum, have included. So you need to make sure you, you go in and make any adjustments. And always, always, always on the final bid day, review that list. Because if you've done the takeoff and you've gone through this process, you know this job by the time you get to the end. And so as you read them, and I don't say glance, I mean read every single include and every single exclude. Something might catch, something might trigger and say, look, an addendum came out that was changed. We didn't have to include it. Now we are. I need to move that up. So make sure you do that on bid day, first thing in the morning, every time. The fifth thing you need to do on bid day is you need to do a final check for all the generals that are going to be bidding the project. Wherever you get your plans from, if it's I-square-foot, bid clerk, dodge, wherever you're getting them from, there's going to be a list of GCs that are bidding the project there. I would say probably 80% that of the time that GC list on the bid plan room is right. But I can tell you probably 20% of the time, it's not accurate. Either GCs have added in at the last minute and they didn't make it to the digital copy, or they've dropped out and they're no longer bidding. So what you want to do... And you can do this actually the, the day before the bid is make some calls. Um, maybe try to get with the engineer or the architect and see if you can get a, a plan holders list from the architect. If you get a list of plan holders from the architect, nobody can sneak in past you. Everybody knows who has the blueprints. If they have the blueprints, it's a 90% chance or 99% chance they're going to be bidding the job. So if you see them listed as a plan holder, but not in the GC list, you need to contact them and ask them, are you guys going to bid this? If they say, yeah, make sure you add them to your bid list. But you need to do that also on bid day. Even if you do it the day before, and I suggest you do it the day before, there's always a chance on the last day, somebody sneaks in there. So go back to your digital copy. Maybe you can't contact the architect on the final bid day because he's too busy. He doesn't care. He's not going to respond. So I wouldn't suggest trying that route unless you have a relationship with them. Otherwise, just go back to your I square foot or, or bid clerk or whatever plan room you're using and look to see if something was added last minute. See if there's any GCs that made it into the list. The sixth thing is to check your spreadsheets, labor units. Hopefully you're doing this as you're working your way through the bid process. Um, once you go into the bid spreadsheet, check all of your labor units, not only the grand total, but if you're using good software, something, you know, a premium product like fastest, fast pipe, fast duck, fast wrap, all of the labor units from your takeoff are going to be broken down in the extended view of that spreadsheet. So go in there and make sure they make sense. Um, make sure that it doesn't look like you're way over or way under on those labor units. If you have a really, really fast crew, maybe you can deduct some time off of there to get, to get your bid number lower. But always check this on the final bid, on the last thing in the final bid. But always check this ahead of time and on bid day because you never know when you could have accidentally made a keystroke that would have changed some labor units. So double check that and make sure all of your labor units make sense. So number seven, you're going to think, okay, duh, this is just common sense. But it happens. Sometimes you miss it. Make sure you do a final check on your spreadsheet for all of your subcontractors quotes. Here, once again, if you are HVAC, and let's say you have to include an insulation subcontractor, a controls contractor, and maybe you're hiring out all of the, the core drilling, cutting, and patching, 
um, I don't know, whatever all your, your subcontractors are, make sure you list a category for them, but then also list all of the subcontractors you expect to get a quote from. So subcontractor one, subcontractor two, subcontractor three, and put each of their prices in the spreadsheet. You're not going to use all of their prices, obviously, but you need to make sure you've got them listed so you know if you've got their quote back or not. And number eight, same thing for your quoted materials. Do a final check on your spreadsheet before you submit that bid to make sure you've got quotes for all of your materials. If you've listed those out per supplier, like I suggested, this is a really simple task. If you didn't list them out and you just put in one line item for all of the rooftop units. Um, and as you get the quotes back from carrier, dike, and train, let's say you're going through the paperwork and finding the best price that matches the scope correct. And then you plug that number in. That's fine. But if you list them out separately, one for carrier, one for train, one for Daikin, then at a glance, you're going to know what everybody's price is and if you've got it back or not. If you put in a price that you got from train and you don't remember, you thought you got carrier's price. Let's say I've had this happen in the early years. You thought you got a price from carrier because you've got train in there and carrier is pretty much always cheaper. But for some reason on this one, it looks like train is cheaper, but they weren't cheaper. You didn't get the quote back from carrier, but because you didn't list them all separately, you were so busy with everything else going on, you didn't realize you didn't have their price. And then after you've submitted the bid, you realize you don't have carrier's quote and you ask them for it. And lo and behold, it was far less than train. So now you have two options. You can amend your proposal that you submitted, um, or you can just leave it alone and, and wait to see how it turns out. Either way isn't a good option. Really the right way, a professional way, is to not have to make any changes to your proposal after you've submitted it to the GCs. That's a sure-fired way to tell the GCs you don't know what the hell you're doing. Okay, it happens. We all do it. But if you do this, it just makes them think you are not professional, you don't have your shit together, and you don't even know what you're doing. So avoid all of that and list things outright on the spreadsheet and do a double check before you submit that bid. Number nine, you need to make a final adjustment to your overhead and profit. Chances are you've there's two ways you can do your overhead and profit, okay? You can charge a set price per man hour to cover that overhead and profit divided by the total number of hours on the job, or you can just do a percentage. The most common way that I see, most guys are just plugging in a 5, 8, 10% overhead and profit. First of all, if you look at one of my other, other courses that I have to offer, I can explain to you why that's not the best option. Um, but no matter how you're doing it, make sure you look at your overhead and profit on the spreadsheet before you submit the bid. Go over all of that and make sure you've got it the way you want it. If for some reason it seems like this job just has way too many man hours, um, then you might be able to find that you've got, especially if you're using the percentage ratio, you've gone way over beyond what you need to collect for overhead and profit on the, on the labor. So just do a final adjustment of that before you send it in. Because once again, if you realize you're 5,000 hours short and you have to change your bid total because for some reason you missed the man hours, then you're going to look really, really stupid, period. I don't care what anybody says. People will say, oh, that's fine. We all do it. Bullshit. Don't do it. And even if everybody is doing it, you don't want to do it. That gives you a leg up. So double check those overhead and profits and make sure you've got those correct. Number 10, final. This is the most critical. When you submit that bid, make sure you submit a bid total in number format as well as in written format. I see so many proposals go in with just dollars and you just put it in figures. You don't write it out. The biggest problem with that is if you've accidentally transposed numbers or just completely blotched the entire bid total, if it's not in written format, there's no way for anybody to know this. Okay. If you have a $1,200,000 bid and you forget a zero, that's a problem. 
If you write it out, $1,200,000, just like on a check. Well, if you know what a check is back in the old days, we used to make these things called checks. And you would put the figures and you would write it out because you can't make a mistake. If those two don't match, instantly you see there's a mistake and you can correct whichever one is incorrect. So the same thing for your GC. If, God forbid, you make a mistake and you didn't catch it and you submit it to the GC and he catches it, you know, then he can call you on it and ask you which price is correct. So you always need to make sure you write it out as well as put it in numeric format. And you always need to make sure you check this. Make this the last thing you check before you submit. So if you're emailing the bid, before you attach it to the email, I don't care how many times you've already looked at it. Open it up and look at it before you attach it. Final thing, and make sure the dollar amount is correct to the spreadsheet and make sure you've written it out correctly to match the figured numbers. So that's it. Those are my 10 steps. It's not complicated. It seems really easy. But after all of my years of managing at a national firm with over 30 contract or uh, 30 estimators that I had to manage, I can't tell you how many times one of these 10 items was always a problem until I figured out a way to develop systems and implement procedures to avoid it. So do yourself a favor. Don't veer from this. Make this your 10-point checklist, no matter how big or how small. Every single project needs to be done exactly the same way. That way, after you've done it a few hundred times, it's no longer a process. It is a habit. So once you turn habits or processes into habits, you don't have to think about them. You just go in and you do them. And the beautiful part about that is you can do them more efficiently because your mind is on autopilot. And so it's already moving on to the next thing before you finish the last thing. So that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you don't know, I offer several online training courses surrounding the entire estimating world, as well as business management. So if you want to go to sixfiguretradesman.com, check it out, see what I have. If I don't have a course there that you're looking for, let me know you're looking for it. If you don't see it today, you might see it tomorrow. I am developing new courses all the time. I never stop. So just because something's not there, it doesn't mean it's not in production. Reach out to me. Let me know you're interested. If it's not in production and it sounds like a great idea, then maybe it's something I'll go ahead and start producing just for you. So again, my name is Jamie. I was your host for this podcast, and my job is to educate you, entertain you, and hopefully help you become a better version of yourself. If you haven't subscribed to my podcast, please do so now. Click the subscribe button. That way you get updates every time I release a new podcast. That's it. See you back here next time.